What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Ancient Wisdom, your weekly Pokemon TCG podcast. My name is Corey Roush. With me, as always, is DJ Keener. DJ, how are you today? Living the dream, Corey. Thanks for asking. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. It was uh, a cold holiday, if nothing else. And uh, now we're kind of headed towards the new year. But everything here is mostly good, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. It- absolutely frigid also not really uh you're like underselling it by saying cold holiday like it was it was bad yeah i mean my car battery froze and i had to get a new one to give you an idea yeah so, yeah, yeah. so there's mean, like, so there's that i think the the peak i saw was like negative 30 with wind chill or something which yeah. like it's cold i don't know if anyone is aware but that is very cold yeah one of my friends uh from Texas was like complaining about how cold it was and how he had to break out his winter jacket. And my reaction was not exactly positive towards him. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, but anyway, enough about the weather. That's never interesting for anyone to really hear about. So uh, we're going to kind of go over the online scene over the last, since uh, Texas regionals, because, because of the holidays and everything else and kind of this like weird in between time, uh, there hasn't been a huge number of tournaments to kind of go over. So we're going to be a little bit later on that, but we kind of want to touch base to see kind of if th- anything has changed over the last couple of weeks. And then we're going to kind of do like a year in review uh, in terms of where the scene went and everything like that before getting into some goals for, for the year ahead. So um, we usually start off with what we've been doing or playing over the last week. I, I know you did not go to uh locals yesterday and neither did i so um have you really played with it i i don't imagine you've played much online either i don't i don't think i've played a game of pokemon since the last time we talked yeah that, that sounds about right uh so trying to think of like i saw anybody where i might have but no i, I really don't think i have <laughs> yeah i've been pretty limited as well like I, I, just usually just busy time in, of year. yeah logging in get my daily amount of points or whatever from the app and then kind of logging back out uh got a lot of stuff in the mail because i did a nice little bit of treating myself heading into the holidays so got some cool collection stuff and stuff like that but uh nothing crazy so um looking forward to getting back to it hopefully next week and uh kind of seeing if, if the format has changed at all so there's over the last two weeks there's only been four tournaments with greater than 100 people online so definitely more limited in terms of scope but I would say that we've kind of, I don't want to say a shakeup because none of these decks are all that new, but in terms of like the way things are shaking out, I don't know if it's just because of the time of year and people are playing a little bit different or, or what, but it's, it's not the Lugia dominance that we saw really at, at Texas. No, so. no, not at all. But I also think, I think there's a lot more to just people trying different things right now than it does, you know. Uh, any sort of drop off from the deck because if you're looking at the other stuff that's doing well, I don't really think there's any uh, like innovations or new answers that are showing up either. I think it's just there's less Lugia. Yeah. So like for example, like the first the first 100 person tournament was back on the 18th, and Arc Duraludon was the winner. There was two Lugias in top cut. There was a Fusion Mew, uh, Reggie, an Arc Intel, and a Giratina. But then right on that bubble that they had the same record as the people in top cut, we had two more Eternatus decks, another Arcdura deck, a Sablezard deck, and another Lugia deck. So, like, Lugia is still probably, like, the most competitive of these decks, but the fact that it's not, like, that there's, like, a, a spursing in of other decks in somewhat equal, like, levels is, is, is interesting to me. And I think another thing that I think is worth mentioning is, so of these four tournaments that are 100-plus players, Lugia didn't win any of them. And obviously, these are all small sample size, 10-round, 100-person tournaments, but... I think that's of note, right? I think I think you're seeing the answers come back a little bit since that dominance at Dallas. Yeah, I, I think 
it's somewhat relevant. Like, obviously, you have to pay attention to it and consider it, but I don't think that's going to be like a like a lasting result or a trend that we're going to see. You know, I think that uh, obviously things are very different also in a hundred player one-off tournament versus a thirteen hundred player. Sure, you know, sixteen fifteen rounds plus top cut kind of thing. So Absolutely. it's always going to look a little bit different. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's nice to see that other things are able to perform at any given time. But I think the uh, like what text you'll see deck to deck online week to week and what answers you'll see are so much more varied than a, a single large instance tournament that it's it's going to be a lot more uh, volatile on there than it is in person. Yeah, for sure. I think that they said over the course of the last two weeks, the most played deck actually was lost. If you combine all the variants, lost box, which is not entirely surprising. It tends to have a higher play rate and it is one of those top three decks in this format. Oddly enough, neither that nor Lugia. Like I said, I already said Lugia didn't get a win. Neither did Lost Box. The the winners were Arcdura, uh, Frozmoth, Palkia Intel, and, Pre- and what we've called Oppression Muse. So I think that kind of does give it give you that like what you were saying about a little bit of weird, uh, a little bit of yeah. uh, taking the foot off the gas at this point. Like the, the tournament that Palkia Intel won was the biggest tournament of the grouping at 166 players. Uh, the rest of the top eight was two Arcturaladon, two Lugia, a Reggie deck. Kyurum and Control. So I don't really think that that's necessarily indicative of the format. I think it's a little bit bizarre. And both Lugia decks, to your credit, because I know that you love to send me the meme at all times, uh, played for Capturing Aroma. So good for you. Oh, yeah, I was ready to talk about that. So um, uh, has this swung your opinion on that at all? No. So we talked about this last week, obviously. And then uh, there was the somewhat insightful uh, Twitter post about it. Um, <clears throat> talking about the upsides and how it's really uh, uh, not bad half the time nearly as much as people think or how being bad half the time is really not any different than saying evolution intense is bad half the time. Um, while that card is controlled when it's bad, uh, aroma is, you know, half the time it's an evolution intense. Obviously, you don't know which half you're getting, but it's the same odds of, you know, being in your hand, et cetera, et cetera. So you're, you're still just off of it. Yeah, I mean, it's not even that I'm just... I, I would just have to assume that there's better options. Like, I understand the the desire for additional consistency, but, like, a lot of the times... And I, I don't even remember. I don't have Liam's list, and I don't have these two lists up in front of me. But, like, if if it's a deck that is playing these instead of playing the second fish or playing an Eldegoss or or something like that, I, I'm just not... Yeah, so like, I, I do have... Go ahead. I have them pulled up in front of me, and I think they played the exact same list. Um, and maybe it was a card or two different. But the... Basically what happened as far as the list goes is that you're playing those instead of uh, having your paralyzed outs, which you see two paralyzed decks in top cut of this tournament and a control deck in top cut of this tournament. So you definitely have to give up some of your tech spot for those. Um, but they still fit two fish. Uh, you know, the Lugia lines have fallen down um, in most people's lists anyway. So it's kind of like you're also hedging on playing like that three, two Lugia account by playing those. Um and something that I think is interesting with it, I guess, is that like a, a lot of times you'll see in mirrors. So the, the way to like build the list that's the best in the mirror for decks a lot of time ends up being like zero, like real tech and just the most consistent list possible. It's kind of what we saw with uh, Tord's list, right, from mm-hmm. LASE. And there's definitely an argument to be made that like playing the aromas is actually like iterating on that and making an even more consistent mirror match focus list without you having to play any you know, like a Ryko and more choice belts that might be teched out in a certain week. 
Yeah, so, no, I, like, you know. I, I understand your point. It's just, and and like, like I mean, admittedly, I I just have not been playing Lugia since our, the beginning of our testing for Toronto. So I'm, I, I probably have to test it more to see if I actually feel this way or if it's just how I feel about it in yeah. theory. Well, um, I think it's interesting because we also did test Aroma going into Toronto. Like we tried this. Yeah, we and didn't try full four. Were, no, I think we played two at most. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think both of us were like, yeah, it's actually really good, but you have to make space somewhere for different things. So I think that like, you know, we're kind of latching on, I think. And I'm like, I, I am definitely memeing with it in, in some regards, but like, uh, I think part of this is we're latching on to some sacred cows that don't actually need to be, you know, required space. Because what we did was play the card, go, ooh, this actually does help. And I go, oh, we need to fit this, this, and this, and cut them. So like, you know, as you find things that you're able to trim down on, I, I don't think it's unreasonable, I guess, is where I'm at. Yeah, like I said, it would it would basically but, just be me having to like really hammer down on my list and deciding what I was yeah. okay, not even okay with, because I mean, I, I'll admit the Bison, I, like as tournaments continue to go on, I don't even think I'm necessarily right on this. It's just the way that I like to play. I I've, I really do enjoy the Espeon in this in this current format. I think it's, it's very good. So like, I'd probably want to fit that in instead, but I can see where th- that actually helps out like, yeah, I was going to say that there's another evolution, right? Yep. Yeah. So I definitely understand. Like, I knew that, that I knew exactly where that was going before you could even get the words up. But yeah, no, I understand. I'm, I'm looking at the list now to see if there's anything that I feel like I, I genuinely miss. I mean, I, well, I, yeah. I'm so the... I can talk about it if we want to, because the big thing that jumps out to me immediately is that there's no vacuum in here. So if you're playing as like a good archer or a player, you can physically not beat them. Yeah, and we're seeing that. Like, it, it's it's not even like the paralyzed thing where, like, yes, it, it peaked back up in that tournament. But in general, like, Arctur is a presence. And as much as I've talked badly about the deck, if I, like, I also don't want to just flat out disrespect it and say, well, it just sucks, so I'll win because yeah. If, if well, and I mean, if it's a I'm decent gonna... meta share and you just lose to it, then that sucks. I, I don't really like that. Well, I'll hedge that a little bit because I think that, like, you know just playing like a single vacuum one parasol out is also really not showing it enough respect if you're at all concerned about it you've right. seen a ton of people and you know nobody's really been like oh man they really need to play a second one like if you play one vacuum no path no cologne no echoing horn like you you still can't beat them if they play well and draw decently so like at that point i guess i'm not here to tell anybody that if you play zero outs you're crazy i personally could not live with myself if i showed up at a tournament lost to that deck and had to get you know, made fun of in between rounds for the rest of the day. <laughs> I probably want to say so. some number of like of like tool jammer and and like that doesn't even necessarily have to come at the expense of capture yeah, yeah, aroma. Be, but yeah, yeah, it can be tool jammer. It can be um, it can be cologne if you like that. It can be echoing horn. It can be uh, vacuums. There's a ton of things you can do, and you can decide what your slots are. But like you know, and I, I think that's a lot of reason that the path builds look pretty enticing as well because you have those as a card that does something you want to do and does that so i don't think that's out of line but i also think that like well and when you're playing aroma there's something to this too where you have more ways to clear paths since 50 percent of your aroma flips get pumpkin as well so like you don't have to worry as much about disruption meal just yeah uh crushing you that way either so i don't know there's there's something to it in my opinion but like the other thing is that you're now playing even more uh item-based setup and like we didn't see a ton of it in these events but like that vika deck's coming back right like I think Vikadactyl won one of the bigger events. It might not have been over 100, but that deck is not going anywhere. I think that is real. And the more item-based setup you play, the harder that becomes. Yeah, like, so, and yeah, I didn't win any of the bigger ones, but I do believe it did take down one of the, like, oh, it, I did not win one of the over 100s, but it did yeah, win I think one it was of the bigger ones. Yeah, I think it was a something player tournament, though. Like, not... 
Yeah. Not gigantic, but and then not the a first big sample size either. The first girls' night out, which I believe they said is the replacement for late night at this point, uh, 131 players. That was the one that Oppression Mew won, but the yeah. rest of the top eight is it's rather toxic, especially towards Lugia, and that it's uh, what I just a Katron deck, uh, and then two Vika Dactyls. So whether it be Vika or Aerodactyl, there was a lot of answers there. There was also an Eternatus deck in top cut and a Reggie deck in top cut. So uh, whether it be taking advantage of not being it, like uh, the, I think both of the capturing aroma lists that I just looked at cut. Dunsparce, they were playing mana fee, so like that still mm-hmm. does not give you the outs like the enough protection really against Reggie. They're able to kind of abuse that. And also like Vika doesn't really take advantage of weakness entirely unless it's going in with like chaining the Reiku V with Ditto V. Uh but I don't know, like I, I do think that some version of Vika Dactyl is is here to stay. I do think that, that we we talked about it last time that that I don't think that was a fluke. Like I think that was kind of the first appearance for it, and the list could be refined some, but that deck certainly has merit in the sense that ability lock and item lock are both very good. And if you're able to do it consistently, mm-hmm. it, it, like these, these lists of Lugia that are playing, like they're like, they're especially if like, some of them are cutting a little bit back on the, on supporters. If it's just going to be an item thing, like you can just end the game so early. And if you're able to like do like the traditional play of item lock turn, like if you're going second item lock turn one and then Dactyl turn two, like, they're never going to be able to like. You can just then start using the like using the weakness to your advantage because you don't have to item lock them if they can't ever do summoning star. So I don't know. Right, I, th- right. I I think that deck's definitely pretty real at this point. Yeah, I think that's real in here to stay, and I I do think it needs refined. But I think that's uh, just too strong to to disappear at this point. And I mean, I'm like I'm guilty in my Luvia list of cutting way down on supporters as well because you need to make space for different things. And uh, you know, I mean, and you are playing multiple Luvinians and. I, I'm personally like a huge fan of Eldegoss, so that hasn't come out of my list in a long time, and that yeah. also helps. But you know, you you can only do so much about getting a Aerodactyl and um, item lock, so there, it's going to be difficult every time. And I think that like I think that's going to be the the thing that we have to see the evolution of here, how we're going to mm-hmm. handle that in Lugia. And I'm not really sure what it is. Like it, it just seems like you really can't beat especially if they win the role and they just aerodactyl you and then just start attacking with Vika. Like, I don't know how you ever find any sort of answer. Yeah. It's, I'll be interested to see what some of the, the higher tier testing groups, because I'm, I'm like, we just said, we're not grinding these hundreds of games a week right now. I, I don't know what the answer is there. I'm, there. I assume there has to be one because that's the, the benefit of Lugia is that it is so adaptable, but I, 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 yeah, I but found the reason it's adaptable is, is shut down by, Aerodactyl, so yeah. So, you know, so I, like, what's your what's your low commitment way that you're dealing with the Aerodactyl, right? And I have no idea. There's got. I mean, I'm sure there is something out there. I'm sure we're gonna see somebody with some basic that you can attach a couple times to, just like in that starts attacking and can clear it. But I, I have guess, no idea what it is. I guess my question, and this is just because I simply don't know how rules work. If the Aerodactyl is in the active and you canceling cologne or, or like it doesn't even have to be if you canceling clone aerodactyl can you not you you know what i mean am i wording that I'm, i mean uh, I'm, I'm i'm kind of stumbling through the question but are, is air is is canceling clone an answer to air like even if they've already used their power since it ability its ability would then be turned off could you then not like take advantage of that turn pop off a little bit and then kind of get right back into it it says it gains uh, this ability so it, that should be able to turn it uh, off 
Yeah. So is, is your question, does it turn back on after that or is it? No, I guess my point is, 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 is we were, we were just debating the merits of canceling mm. clone in terms of Arc Dura. Mm. Is it not worth like, if, if we're already considering that would playing canceling clone for the turn that you want yeah, to yeah, yeah, summoning yeah, okay, star yeah. not be something that would answer. The, yes, I, it is for sure. Um, but I mean, that obviously is also an item card. So if they are playing if, safe yes. and just switch to attack with you, like you have, you basically have a one turn window to do it immediately. And that's not, no, it's not easy. Yeah, um, but it's, yeah, that's true. I wasn't, I was, and, and I think that's an adjustment, like just from watching the few games that Alex was on stream, I think that's an adjustment that that player has to make as well, that you're willing to take the slow, the slow route there because a lot of times he would go, well, I don't have to, like I just said, I don't have to item lock anymore because they mm-hmm. can't, they can't abilities. But if, if canceling clone becomes more common in lists, whether it be to answer Arctura or to kind of take advantage of a greedy player in this regard, I think that it could, it could serve some purpose. Well, I mean, I think if, you know, you deem this match would be stone unwinnable if they do what they're supposed to do and have the time, like, it also could just turn into a thing where you have to play a couple clones because you go, well, either I, you know, Juniper set up this turn and I hit it and I'm able to play or I lose. So, yeah, you know, that that could be whether it's a good answer or not if the matchup is as bad as people seem to think it could be. Um, you know, it could just be an answer is an answer at a certain point. Yeah. That's true. So, I'm not. I'm not sold that it's that bad. That I could just have like an inherent consistency issue, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anything else that kind of jumped out at you over the last two weeks in terms of where the meta is going? I, I don't know if there is anything, but yeah, not really. I mean, like you said, we've seen uh, the Eternatus thing pop up a couple times, which is cool. Uh, you know, people were talking about that going into Texas, and it seems to be. Uh, showing up a little bit more here and there now. So um, that might be something that's here to stay and we'll get a little bit more uh, on the radar over the next couple weeks. Uh, when is the next regional? I actually don't know the dates on it. Next Saturday. So the week after New Year's. Next Saturday. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, we've got a little bit of time. Um, and I think we'll see events pop up with more players, you know, after New Year's in between the week when people are actually preparing for the event. So we'll we'll see a little bit more of a, realistic picture then um but i mean i think that's the biggest thing for me that that continues to pick up steam yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um okay so, so you know could see some zapdos v's i guess uh in luya we could we could that would be interesting if nothing else i know that that was in yeah. one, one of the lists correct or was it just something yeah else? just one okay um yeah it was in one of the top 32 lists from texas and it was essentially for that it's also good against uh dura but we'll we'll see Absolutely. Uh, okay, so getting into the year in review, I kind of like went through and looked at all the decks and players that had won at the regional level, the international level, to kind of get an idea of because uh, like it, it's very easy to forget and like even like going back and looking at things, I was like, wait, this was a deck. Like it, it's hard to it. It's easy to just kind of focus on the last like three months or six months or whatever since like worlds or or internets in in the North America. The first half of the season was also rather interesting and it made me realize like if you had asked me what the deck of the year was, I don't, I don't know what I would have come up with, but what would you say is if, if you, what would, what would like some of the decks that jump out to you is what, I know what your favorite deck of the year was. So I won't say that, but like that really like kind of defined this year for you. I mean, I think like if we're looking at the year in totality, it's gotta be Arceus. Um, I don't know if that's Arc Bib or Arc Intel, but I think if you're just looking at 2022 as a whole, it really was, 
arcs here. And, you know, arc continues to show up with Thura now, whereas Palkia has mostly fallen off as like a, a niche counterplay, whereas Arceus, just like what it does, is so uh, reliable from a consistency perspective that it's not going anywhere. Yeah, here are all of the versions of Arceus that won a regional championship. Arceus Gengar, Arceus Inteleon twice, mm-hmm. Arceus Galarian Birds, Arceus Lucario V-Star, Arceus Bibarel, Dark Arceus, Arceus Jolteon, Arceus Duraludon, Colorless Arceus, Arceus Gudra, and uh, if you go to the, if you extend it to the Internet and Worlds level, uh, Arceus Pikachu. That's that, that amount of jolt. Oh, never mind. You mean the yeah, a memory capsule jolt Yes. Yeah. 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 Sorry for the confusion. Yeah. It was like uh, it was like the, I don't know if you were, like yeah, yeah, I, I forgot about this and I know I played it because yeah, it's the memory capsule yeah. jolt It was playing Chinchina, which I'm always a big fan yeah. of. Make do. So uh, yeah, I remember it, we got very excited about that one actually. Yeah. 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 It's I forgot about Dark Arceus. I forgot about colorless rcs like they these are just things that mm-hmm. like i knew they were decks but i didn't remember that they actually spiked an event and it's it's just so it's hard to imagine that right now it feels like rcs is in the, this place where other than direct like duraludon's not really an rcs deck it's duraludon deck that happens to play rcs it, it's funny how much it's fallen off and i don't think that that's a forever thing i think that we're going well, to see the Katron deck too yeah, I just mean in terms of like being a dominant like top five deck. It's mm-hmm. not that right mm-hmm. now, and I think that there's a chance come rotation or or what have you. When you see a lot of these other decks, whether it be Lugia lose a significant number of pieces or Lost Box lose pieces, Palkia lose Inteleon, which I don't think that, that bodes well for the future of Palkia. Uh, I I think that we're going to see Arceus return because like Lu- like I've said about Lugia just now, but Arceus at a whole other level where that deck can adapt. And if there's, yeah. if, if you're looking at any of these EX decks coming forward, right? And they're like, well, I, like I kind of want to take advantage of the fact that there's still that, you know, that, that V star marker in my corner that I can flip once a game. What can I really incorporate into my deck that can do that? And, and Arceus was that for most of this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree completely with that. Like I said, that's definitely like the card or I don't know if I want to call it deck of the year because there've been so many versions of it, but yeah, 100% agree with that. I think it is awkward going into the EXs depending on like what happens. And I've been fairly vocal about thinking it'll take a few sets before we start to really see like a ton of EX decks, but like Trinity Nova doesn't attach to them. So that's like an interesting dilemma for like combining the two. Yeah, I more just think like I mean that like you might not even attach to RCS to just sit in the corner and like get you a uh, the free so you double play, like a one one line is like this is your way to search two cards use your yeah. marker. Yeah, and like you could that could just be as easy as like if you're playing mm-hmm. like Luminium in that deck and you just incorporate the the four stone tablet, but it's it's a similar yeah, concept, yeah. right? Uh, yep. I don't know. I, I think that obviously Mew was a huge presence this year, and it still is. Palkia for a good solid. It's wild because it felt like Palkia was everywhere, but it really was only dominant over the summer and then didn't really like it, it did well enough at Worlds and, and North American Internationals, but like not to the level that it looked like it was going to. Uh, well, that's a that's a good example of like the the play rate not matching up with the win rate, I guess, because like yeah. it, it was everywhere, especially at Worlds. It was yep. everywhere, but you saw the talk it was just everyone was playing flying peak decks and going, we're attacking it for weakness, we're good against the rest of the field we can play you know uh a bunch of paths and drapion so we don't lose to mew and you know it's just it's just good metagaming 
it's it's a it's a function of where it fell in terms of life cycle in the format. Yeah, because yep. it came out in May, and at that point, you really did. Yeah, I think you had one regional championship in North America, and then it was Internet and Worlds. Palkia Inteleon, which felt like the most dominant deck for an extended period of mm-hmm. time, did not win a single regional championship. Yeah, yeah, it's. I, I mean, in Bradner was close, right? Like, yes, <laughs> to a bunch of wins. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it, it like it conveniently worked out the or weirdly or however you want to put it, but Palkia Inteleon, or sorry, Palkia, yeah, Palkia Inteleon did not win one. Palkia Vequal just did recently, and Turbo and Palk in Australia. Whenever that was eight out of eight Palky decks, not all turbo, but turbo Palk is the one that was the, the got the win there. So I don't know. It, like, that, that well, I guess that's the only point I'll make to like, yeah, Palk loses Intel for rotation, but the two Palky decks that have won an event were both essentially turbo Palk shells, which loses close to nothing to rotation. I, yeah, it depends on how essential you well, think something net, like net and capacious bucket and crowbat VR. So sure. It's not. It's it's not nothing, but it's not. I mean, it, it could. I would not be surprised if someone found a way to kind of try to make it work. And yeah, yeah. like I think that that's kind of telling in how like the vehicle jet deck just popped off, right? And, and won that event. Right. I, I think that there are definitely avenues, but it's not going to be the deck that we got so accustomed to seeing from Palkia. No, for sure, for sure. And it will not be Kyurum. I can guarantee you that that deck sucks. <laughs> And it, I mean, it, that's, it all, that's the one that really cares about the bucket going. It also cares about Oranguru going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Luckily, and actually, like, like again, Wash Water also a big deal for that one. It's funny because yeah. that loses less cards, but I feel like they're more impactful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just happy that I can continue to say that that deck that deck sucks. That makes me happy because I've I've never yeah. been a fan of that deck. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm bringing up the the Palk Vika right now, and you're right. It it it's like it loses two Pokemon, which are Crobat and Zigzagoon. Mm-hmm. It, but it, like I mean, it plays Speed Lightning, so like obviously, Turbo can can adjust in a different sure, way. But, but I mean, like, yeah, it, it's, it's very few cards. Relevant, but like, it would be fine if it just had basic, some more basic Lightning still. Yeah, it just depends on how you're gonna be able to pivot Mew because, like you said, it loses that, yeah. it loses Air Balloon. It, like, well, you know, I mean, I hate to look at cards that aren't out yet because we don't have a full form. We also have a stadium that's gonna make Mew retreat for free. That's true. That's true. That's that's pretty relevant. It's just, like you're not going to be able to pop off necessarily and use multiple and use per turn, but I think yeah, the that... issue is that you're right. You're going to like VIP pass and maybe use like two free tops instead of sometimes using like five on your first turn, and you're going to get one braiding Greninja activation as opposed to two or three. Absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, but... yeah, you're definitely slowing down. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Mew is also like one of those decks that won a bunch of like not a bunch, but uh, Fuse Mew. Mew took down three events, and uh, the DT Mew was able to take down an event as well. So, I, I think that what we really came out of this year with was RCS Mew, and whether like in terms of winning, like that, those are the two like. Yeah, it's also big... not fair to put anything else against them because those are the two out of the like dominant decks from the year that were around for the entire life cycle, right? Because like uh... Nokia came out in the summer. Rapid Strike Urshifu won two events. Uh, yeah, that, that was a different time, Corey. Oh. It's still legal now, and it's in a world's deck, so there's that. That was a different time, Corey. You're not wrong. I just you know wanted to hit you with the Rapid Strike Urshifu. For the record, I also just like love that card, so I'm, I'm on board, but it's just not happening. Oh, that's weird. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that... 
I don't think that a lot is going to necessarily change from this year early on, but I do think that obviously, I mean, this this is a, the most logical statement I could ever make, but I think rotation is going to change a lot because a lot of these decks did have a lot of pieces in that. And we'll talk yeah. about that at a later date when it gets yeah. closer to it. But so, yeah, yeah, I agree completely. So I guess let, let me, let me run some questions by for 2022. Please. All right. Uh, favorite set out of the four. So the main sets, we got brilliant stars, astral radiance, lost origin, silver tempest. Uh, Lost Origin, no comp competition. Yeah, easy, I, I, easy. I think the Lost Zone mechanic is one of the most fun things that we can play with. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, are we in agreement that Arceus was like the card or deck of the year? I think so. What was your favorite deck of the year? Hmm. Uh, any of them. Pick a Mewtwo V Union. It started at Internets, and I, I, I got, that deck was fascinating at Internets. It was one of the more simple control decks, but like. Mm-hmm. I think I've probably played more games over the course of the entire year with Mewtwo V Union. Yeah, yeah. Obviously for me, I'm I'm slam dunking Mew. Wow, that's stunning. Uh, specifically DT Mew though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's and it's it's wild because you loved Fusion Mew, but like it, like well, for the first half yeah. of the year. But yeah, once that came, once once that got cut down, there was no competition for you. Well, it's funny because like I, I really loved Fusion Mew just because it was like a ton of fun to play, but like it. I think this happened the entire time we were playing where it's just such a frustrating uh, piled pilot because it just loses to itself so often. <laughs> it's everywhere um, online right now. If that says anything, I think the people, whether they're already testing for next format, I don't know why they would be, but that, that is the most played deck I've found online right now. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that also is like the like default way to build it. I think, especially if you, like, if you just look at the cards, that's the way that it seems like you're supposed to build it. And if you buy the mule, like build in battles and or whatever they're called and put two codes in and build your deck online. That makes that's sense. How that comes together too. You know what I mean? Which I think is the easiest way for people to like get in right now. You just get two of those codes or if you buy two of the decks, you have IRL and online, same stuff too, which is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of goes the other, but I still, I don't have a way to phrase this, but it, it the answer is going to be another Mew related one. But like, what do you think the biggest, like, it, you know, as you go through formats or as you go through time, like you look back and you go, ooh, we really whiffed on that one. And I don't mean us necessarily, but I think it's wild that we spent the first half of the year only playing Fusion Mew. I actually, the first eight months of the year only playing Fusion Mew when all the cards were there for DT Mew, which I assume was a massive punt by everybody. Uh, do you think there's anything else that was just like horribly missed or slept on that probably should have been seen play the whole time? Uh, certainly not to that level. I like, but like similarly, like, we're talking about decks that have seen success that we had all the cards for. I, I think some version of Equal probably could have been better sooner. Mm-hmm. I know that part of the the reason why it's popped off in the later years is that both Flossbox and Lugia are so item dependent, but it's not like it's new for Mew to be item dependent. So well, I think, a, I mean, Palk Intel is like lived off of searching items. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. And like, there was a couple sects. I think that it was a Polish group that really liked the uh, Palk Vika deck over the summer, and the fact that it never got yeah. traction. I, I like. I mean, obviously there were better decks, but I think we're seeing of late that there was probably something there earlier, and it just wasn't explored. No, enough. I agree. That that would probably be my second pick there too. That I think Vika was just like slept on as a whole, um, and just like could have been made to work a lot better than it was, and I think still can be improved. Like it's almost still being slept on after winning and getting second in an event. Yep. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think people still think it's just a just a meme, and it, I, I really don't believe that that's the case. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. Any other questions for 2022? That's all I've got for you. Okay. 
going forward, what are some of your goals for 2023? Yeah, those are always hard for me because, like, I don't like doing, uh, like, results-based goals very much. It's just yeah, like, I don't either. But, I mean, I think you, like, almost have to for this. So, I mean, like, obviously the goal is just, like, I guess, like, I, I this is, like, hard to gauge, too. But, like, I want to be happy with my preparation for every event. I want to feel like I, like, made a good deck choice. Like, we didn't miss something, you know, really understand the field. I mean, like, if I have to put, like, a, a number, like, obviously, I want to top eight a regional, right? I don't know how many mm-hmm. we're going to go to, but, like, you know, the, the goal is obviously to, I mean, the goal is always to win, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, more more attainable goal. Like, I definitely want to, I, I, yeah, top eight a regional. I'm not going to, I'm not going to love all myself here. The goal is to top eight. I feel that. I feel that. Uh, um, so. uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, I think, like, everything else for me, as far as, it's just to, like, feel good about our preparation, feel good about our understanding, and, like, even... The nice part about that is that like that can go without being at an event. Like, you know, whenever we look at everything and make our predictions and say what we will play next week, like it, it's you can look at the event and you know be proud of where you were from that perspective without actually playing. Yeah, that's. I think that's one of the best things about the pod so far is that we've been able to help hold ourselves accountable and work through thoughts. And I felt like when we're talking about events going forward, we've we've done a good job of kind of having. Other than like the weird weekend that was Toronto, where like it was like all rogue everywhere, I think we did a good. uh, Yeah, of course, why not? But uh, like I think that we've that's that's helped us to have a better understanding. I I like that because it feels like we're in a better place. Uh, My goals are a little bit more simple, but like like it's kind of straightforward, right? Is I I want to go to multiple regionals. I would like to go to internets, even though that's just Columbus and it's only like two and a half hours from the house. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like I want to make myself do that because I've never been to an internats and like they've I, like I, I want to I actually want to attend one if, if the locals events do return which they say they are but we haven't gotten any actual information uh, I'd like to kind of get back on the grind from that because like last time we had them I was like regularly getting like top four top two taking some down like I, I want to get back to yeah. doing that because it kind of like hammers home that like understanding of the format that we're talking about there um, for sure and I think like not knowing exactly what that looks like is making it harder for me to put any like results-based goal. Cause like, ideally I would say like get my world invite whether I go or not. But like, I, I just know with the amount that we're going to be able to travel, like we're adults with crap going on. It's just not going to happen. Uh, unless we were able to really grind local events, it's just, we're not getting there short of winning NAIC, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, we didn't address that. They're talking about possibly changing that amount list or whatever. I, I don't really feel the need to talk about that because no, I have no, Watch me uh, live tilt if they change and I end up 10 point short after uh, That's what I mean. playing for. Like, <laughs> I have no idea what the guests they would change it to, so it's not worth me discussing what they would change yeah, it to. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, other than that, I have make day two because I haven't done that yet. Not because I think that, like, I agree with you. It, that's not the goal for any event, but because I haven't done it yet, like, I would like to finally at least do that. Obviously, if I get into day two, that goal will be built up a lot higher because there's no reason. Well, like, uh, and I think they talked about it a lot on, on the tag team podcast last week where uh, th- there were complaints against Riley because he did not uh, draw in the last round of mm-hmm. of day one. And exactly what he said is exactly how I feel about any event, even though I have not won an event, not come close. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, there's no reason why you should enter if your goal is to do anything less than win. I, I, I understand that that's not the goal for everybody, but that's just not the way I'm going to prepare. Even if I have not attained that, there's no reason for me to change that that's what the goal is. So... Uh, I want to take that baby step yeah. forward with the yeah. real idea that, that eventually that leads to something bigger. Um, 
Yeah, and, and in terms of, uh, I'm still a collector at heart, so I'd like to knock off at least five years of my world's collection, not including 2022, because those are very, going to be very easily attainable. I did some buying for, we're going to be doing some old format stuff at the shop. I, I got a couple decks from. Uh, oh, yeah, I haven't done that, so. Yeah, well, you're, you wanted to build control, so that's always easy, but like, we're, we're going, we're not even going that far back right now, but luckily they kind of correspond, not exactly because we're not doing a world's format, but I mean, Arc. Uh, or Buzzwool and Zoroark were kind of omnipresent for a couple of years, so I'm able to kind of like take some take take a chunk out of what I need for the world's cards. But that's kind of my goal is to kind of I got two beaches at Toronto. I kind of want to continue making progress on the collection because uh, shouts to Alex Wilson by the way, I believe that's his name. That that new site that came out, uh, I think it's PTCG Legends. Uh, that's going to yeah. be. I wanted to shout that out because as much as I love the history of the game, I'm finding that more people love it even more than I do, which is kind of cool. So uh yeah that's it they're yeah, humble and goals. It's cool for more people to be able to get into that yeah and maybe maybe more content creation i've loved doing the pod with you and if we can turn that into videos or like i just make my I own independent say, videos actually. streaming stuff like that i feel like that's an avenue that we can explore and yep. I, I really like to do that so yeah um, no, i for sure have like like goals with the pod to definitely like start getting the weekly video up and start being able to like and we don't always record in a way that's conducive for that but uh to be able to do that with like, you know, good production and everything, you know, transitions and all that jazz in there and uh, get a little bit more of an audience going. We appreciate everyone who checks this out, but would love to get some more people into it. So absolutely, uh, definitely a lot of goals around that that I think are uh, more basic and attainable, but, you know, definitely looking forward to keep doing this and uh, try to do more content as well. Yeah, for sure. But I think that does it for this week. So we will be back next week. If there's no other like breaking news or anything crazy that happens over the next week, we'll be uh, kind of doing one final look at uh, the online scene over this week and kind of previewing uh, what's to come at San Diego regionals. Uh, as always, definitely like subscribe, rate review, all of that stuff on any, anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, for Dave, we'll be back next week. Yeah. Thanks for checking everything out guys. And a happy new year.